Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From the Gospel lesson that we have just heard, 
I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. There is something wonderful and wonderfully confusing about this chapter of John's Gospel. It tells us the story of the washing of feet, and it stands at the heart of a recounting of the Last Supper. Each one of the Gospel authors has his own perspective. Mark wrote first and stressed hurry immediately is his favorite word. He tells the story of Jesus and he is amazed by how quickly our Lord's public ministry passed. Matthew and Luke slow the story down, expand sections on the teaching of our Lord and bring their own emphasis. Matthew is interested in how Jesus relates to the law of Moses. Luke is interested in the concrete work of faith, particularly for the poor and the homeless and the outcast. John probably writes last, and of all the gospel writers, John is the one who assumes that those who approach his story already know the basic narrative from the other gospel authors. He's like an experienced teacher who knows that the story he is about or she is about to teach is one that those who listen have heard many times, who tries to figure out new ways to present the story. In John's case, John takes parables about, takes stories about miracles, which often take four or six verses in other gospels and expands them to full chapters so he can plumb the meaning and the significance of what happened. That gives him a lot of freedom. And part of that freedom is he can leave out things he wants to leave out. He can dwell on things he wants to dwell on. He can ponder things he wants to ponder. The confusing thing about today's lesson is the Last Supper in John's account has no supper. Now we've heard about the Passover in the Old Testament lesson. We've heard in the epistle that Paul recounts what has been passed on to him about that supper. But there's a reason we didn't hear any of those words in the portion of John we heard today. John simply leaves that out. He knows, of course, of the words about bread and wine representing Christ's body and blood. He uses them when he tells the story of the feeding of the 5,000, but they're not here. He assumes that we already know that story. And so we have this interesting meal. We're told that people are reclining, which is a position in the ancient world, the ancient Roman world, in which people had a banquet. We're told that he takes a morsel of bread, wipes it in a bowl, and gives it to Judas Iscariot. That's in the verses we skipped over in today's lesson. But there's no bread and wine given. There is no, this is my body 
there is no new covenant established at the Last Supper in John. Now, there are a couple of reasons for that, and I think one of them has to do with his rethinking of the parallel between the events of the Old Testament and the Last Supper and the last week of our Lord's life. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we're told that the Last Supper is a Passover celebration. You might have been fooled by the words in today's lesson. John begins by saying, before Passover, Jesus met with his disciples. It's not a Passover meal. The parallel John wants to draw is between the sacrifice of the Passover lamb and the death of our Lord. So for him, Good Friday is the day of the preparation of the Passover. The Passover is the evening of Good Friday. Jesus is in John's Gospel and only in John's Gospel the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And so John is making a parallel just as the Lamb was sacrificed that the Jews in Egypt might be passed over. Jesus is our Lamb of God who takes away the sins not only of a people but the whole world. But there's something else interesting that John is up to and that has to do with the washing of feet. There is a story in every one of the Gospels about the woman who comes to Jesus in the week before he is crucified and pours oil upon him, anoints him. In some of the accounts, Jesus said, you have prepared beforehand for my death. I am anointed. Matthew and Mark have the anointing as it normally is of our Lord's head. But as John and Luke understand it, the woman anoints Jesus' feet. She's not named in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Matthew and Mark say it took place in Bethany. Luke doesn't give us any geographical location. But John names the woman. It is Mary of Bethany, the, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus. And she washes his feet with oil and dries his feet with her hair. Michael Curry, our presiding bishop, is an amazing preacher and is able to fill a room with excitement with his preaching. I bumped into him one day as he was walking out of the sacristy of Virginia Seminary, and he took my look, I think, as saying, I heard that story you used before, though in fact I hadn't. And he said, uh, simply, I'm a terrible copycat. I hear a good story and I repeat it. Jesus, in John's accounting, sees a good story and repeats it. Mary washes his feet and dries it with her hair. And in John's telling at the Last Supper, our Lord prepares for the Last Supper by imitating her. He washes the feet of his disciples. His hair is not long enough to drive 12 people's feet. So he takes a towel and ties it around his waist and uses that as his symbolic hair. 
and dries the feet of everyone. And then John, at his best, he pauses to explain what this has meant. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And John might have gone on, you love one another as Mary of Bethany has shown me love, as I have seen the love, as I have imitated, you are to use that love with one another. Now Luke has a story which John certainly knows and almost all of us know, and that is the occasion when Jesus came to dinner at Mary and Martha's house. Martha did all the work of serving, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet and listened to every word. We know John knows the story because when he has a dinner at their house, he says, and Martha served, and Mary sat at Jesus' feet. He doesn't have Martha's complaint, however, that she has to do all the work. Jesus says in Luke's gospel to Mary, uh, to Martha, when she does complain, she has chosen the best part. And I think this story, again, is a way for us in John's gospel, remembering that story, to note that the best part in the Last Supper is paying attention to what Jesus says, not in the end, the handling of plates. As a priest, I can say that's a great deal of fun. The moving chalices and patterns around in the celebration of the Eucharist. John knows about that. John can draw from that story. John can recite the kinds of words that Paul recites. But as John understands it, the heart of the story is the kind of service that Mary of Bethany has performed and that he has imitated. This is my commandment. This is my new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. John wants us to fathom, to plumb the deep love that Jesus has for us. And every time we receive the Eucharist, to think of that love and hear his command, his new mandatum, the new monde of this day, that we might love even as he has loved us, that we might serve even as Mary of Bethany has served. And Jesus says, this is my new commandment, that you might love one another as I have loved you. Amen.